Welcome to Partially Plastic. Nobody you are about to hear or have just heard is licensed to provide medical advice, nor has anyone examined you for your individual conditions. Please seek the advice of a medical professional of your choice for your treatment. The opinions expressed on this program are personal to the person expressing them and not necessarily the opinions of the host or any sponsor and are merely anecdotal stories of our individual experiences and not meant to be statements of fact. Hi, welcome to Partially Plastic. I'm with Alex today and she's gonna tell her cosmetic surgery story journey. Hello, everybody. Um, so I started looking into cosmetic surgery in around 2020 um, because it's, I know cosmetic surgery and plastic surgery has always been a thing, but it's gotten more popular in the higher BMI communities now. Um, and so I started kind of looking into it because I was seeing some before and afters of some ladies who were higher BMI and um, they looked really good. So I kind of wanted to see what my options were. Um, and I started a Facebook search and just looking and searching out what I could find. Um, I ended up going to Mexico for a procedure. Um, I initially had wanted a tummy tuck but the um, assistant, the doctor's assistant, messaged me on Facebook and recommended this mega lipo procedure. Um, and I asked some questions about it because I'm like, is it is that going to make my stomach flat though? Because you know the things that I've seen so far, I would need a tummy tuck in order to achieve you know the flat stomach that I'm wanting. And um, they assured me that it would as long as I wore really tight compression for three months. Um, did, they so, share, did they share before and after pictures with you of other people who've had this procedure who were a similar body type? They did. And, you know, she had a bigger stomach and like mine was um, and her stomach was flat. Um, and I was so new to things back then as far as, I don't know, I would say I was a little naive. So I wasn't really hip to the fact that photos can be Photoshopped, that they can be edited, how to notice, because sometimes they can be edited really well to where you, if you're not trained, you're not gonna notice that. Um, and so that was something that they presented to me um, was a, a photo that I thought was a real one. Um, but when I went down there, I got this, I, I decided to trust them, trust their word. Um, and I, I got the procedure that they suggested. Um, and I, I remember waking up and I just felt really dizzy, really nauseous, and I was shaking, um, which I have, I've never done that before, waking up from anything. Like I've, I had a sleeve in the past and I, like anesthesia never did that to me before. Um, I was shaking and. How long I, after your sleeve did you have this procedure done? Yes. How long after? Oh, about six years 
Six, okay, so a good amount of time. Okay. Yeah, a good amount of time. Um, I did research to make sure that I got my hemoglobin up because I usually run around 11 um, for hemoglobin, which is on the lower end. It's not technically anemic to most people, but it's it's on the lower end. Um, so I did what I needed to do to get my hemoglobin up. I went to my primary care doctor and had my levels tested myself just to make sure um, that I was ready for this mega lipo procedure. And so I went down there, I got the procedure. When I woke up, I was shaking and I had um, baby diapers taped all over my body. Um, they left the lipo holes open. And so they taped these baby diapers all over my lipo holes. Um, and I bled through those. I, you know, I was draining a lot um, and I bled all on my sheets and they were soaked and I slept overnight in them. And the next day I asked if I could have some new sheets because, you know, they were cold and wet and soaked in blood. And um, that's when they told me that I could leave. They didn't want to give me new sheets, I guess. Um, this is so where they, the conflict started, right? When you asked for new sheets? No, it, not even necessarily, because I didn't make a big deal out of it. I didn't have the strength. Like, I'm just like, okay, let's go ahead and, like, I had to just muster up the strength to walk out of there and get in the car and get across the border, because that's where my hotel was back in Texas. Um, what part of Mexico were you in? Um, Matamoros, Mexico. It's just it's just a few minutes across the border. Okay. Um, and I just felt more comfortable like staying in Texas um, for my hotel. So I went back to the hotel and I couldn't get out of bed. I was very nauseous. Every time I stood up, I I had to sit back down just to catch my, you know, and even taking showers were were really really hard. I had to have somebody there like helping me because I couldn't um, stand up, and I didn't have a shower chair in that hotel to like sit down. So, um, I was in bed, and I spent the next six days just in bed, trying to get some strength back, trying to drink some fluids. Um, I did have a couple massages. I had more lined up, but the lady didn't show up. Um, she was already paid and, you know, it was what it was, but I finally was able to fly back home on that seventh day. And so I did. And again, like walking through the airports, it, it was sitting and taking a lot of breaks. Like we made sure to get there early so that I could sit down and get my bearings about me and how, get long back your, how long was your flight to go home um it was two flights so because there wasn't a direct one from nebraska down there um but they were only about 45 minutes to an hour each um and i was i did swell up i wore my compression but i was still even on that seventh day, really, really swollen after those flights. Um, and I got home and I still wasn't feeling good. So the next day I decided to go to my primary care. She knows me, you know, she went ahead and tested my levels. Um, and my hemoglobin was down to seven, um, which, you know, she 
school's like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and send you to the emergency room because you need a blood transfusion. And when I got to the emergency room, they tested me again and it had dropped to six. Um, so it was still dropping. And I think it's just because they leave the lipo holes open. So you're draining and draining and draining. Um, no drains? No drains. Okay. Um, so I got my blood transfusion and I, as I'm at home, you know, healing, I made a post in the group for this particular surgery place and this doctor. And I just said, girls, really make sure that you have your hemoglobin up. Make sure, you know, that they test your levels. Ask them to test your levels before you leave even so that it could be an easier process for you um, if you're going through something like this. And great advice. That's yeah, so then I was blocked. Yeah. I was blocked. They removed that. From the group you were blocked? Yeah. This is a Facebook group? Yes. Okay. And so they blocked me. They removed what I said. And then the owner of the coordination company um, got in my inbox and said, um, the doctor made me remove you. We don't like irresponsible patients. And I was like, uh, I'm not understanding what that, what, what do you mean? And she said, you never came back to Mexico for your post-op care like you were supposed to. Um, and you didn't do what the doctor told you to do. And so I responded and I'm like, well, I was in communication with the doctor's assistant the whole time that I was in the hotel. You know, I let him know that I was weak and they only wanted me to come back over to get drained some more. They wanted to push more fluid out of me because that's what they do down there. They push it out of your lipo holes. Um, and I told him, like, I don't I don't have the strength to get back in the car, go back over the border. Um, I'm. I have a lady that's coming to do massages and get what she can get out. Um, and he was like, okay, that's fine. You know, there was never any back and forth between me and the doctor's assistant. So it was kind of shocking that now this coordinator, the owner of the coordinator business was in my inbox and she was like, yeah, the doctor doesn't like irresponsible idiots. Um, and then she called me a C-U-N-T and I'm like, why are you calling me names? Like, this is insane to me. Like, I just spent over $9,000 with you guys. And I literally didn't post anything, you know, against you or the doctors. I was just telling girls, like, make sure your hemoglobin is up. And so she started sending voice messages like, it's not our responsibility to babysit you. Um it's not our fault. You're anemic and, all, you know, just so I blocked her because I'm like, I'm trying to heal. Like, I don't have time for this. Um, and so then she started texting my phone because I had to fill out that information when I first got my quote and everything. And so she started texting my phone and she was telling me next time I should probably get brain surgery. Um, and so... I just, I blocked her again and I'm like, you know what, like, I don't, I just need to focus on healing right now. Um, and so that's what I did, but I decided to make a page of my own, like a blog page, just to share my experience, like as it happened, um, especially after she sent those text messages to me, because 
I was like, this is crazy that somebody who, you know, who you spent money with and, and trusted would treat you like this, especially out of nowhere, you know? And so I made my blog page. I shared my experience. I shared the screenshots of the conversation um, just so people could be aware. And it got bigger and bigger because so many people then have the chance to come forward and share their experience, whether, you know, they were blocked because they asked um, a question that they didn't like. They were blocked um, and their deposit was just forfeited. They don't get it back. Um, there were people who were really badly botched. Um, you know, they, they lost nipples, holes in their stomachs, really bad lipo burns. Um, and it caused me to like further research, which I should, my, I should have done in the first place, you know, um, I quickly learned that you can't just trust people. You can't take them for their word. You can't just trust pictures online. Like it, to get a cosmetic surgery, you really have to do a lot of research and you should, because it's your life that you're putting in someone else's hands. Um, so I went on and I learned how to check these doctor's credentials in the uh, website. It's all in Spanish and I don't speak Spanish, you know, and that was a big reason why, and that is a big reason why many people use these coordinators because they speak English and Spanish so they can, you know, translate and be the in-between. Um, but anytime anybody had a complication or an issue, um, they would be blocked by those coordinators. And then they would say that we're just coordinators. We just set up the surgery. That's all we do. After that, it's on you. It's between you and the doctor. But the thing is, there's no, there's not a communication there because the doctors only speak Spanish. A lot of us only speak English. And so we were relying on these coordinators to be the in-between to communicate for us. Are the coordinators in Mexico or are they in the United States? They're in the United States. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, we we fully understand that they're not the doctors and they're not the ones performing the surgeries, but they are the, the go-between. I mean, you don't, I requested that the doctor, um, I wanted a video call with the doctor before my surgery. Like I wanted him to lay eyes on me. I wanted him to see me. Um, and they don't normally do that. You just, they see you the day of your surgery to mark you up. And so I was able to get on like a video call with him, but the service kept freezing up. Like we really didn't, and he only spoke Spanish. So we really didn't get to, to have a real communication. Um, and that to me now is, is a red flag in itself because if a doctor can't lay eyes on you just to see, you know, how you look, because who's to say that the pictures that we send in even go across this doctor's desk? I mean, the, the way that they give quotes so quickly, it kind of just seems like, you know, the doctor never sees you until the day of surgery. Um, and I do believe this because a lot of girls have gone down there 
and they pay for, you know, a BBL, lipo, this and that. And then once they get there, they get operated on. The doctor's like, well, we couldn't do this. We couldn't do that. Your blood pressure was too high. But they don't get any money back, you know, like the, whatever they paid for, they don't get anything back if they don't get a BVL or if they had to stop in the middle of lipo because the blood pressure was too high or they were bleeding too much. Um, and there's really no aftercare afterwards. So I just, oh, hold on. I just learned that um, these kind of things are things that people should look for and should be able to ask questions about and should be able to, you know, discuss in groups and amongst each other um, before making such a big decision. Um, and so my group, it's not a group, it's a blog page, but my page has picked up a lot of traction um, a lot of people have watched it. A lot of people have shared their experiences. Some wish to remain anonymous because the owner of this company, she has made, you know, a lot of fake pages and she has girls working for her um, as coordinators. So they do engage in... Um, type like bully style tactics when girls are trying to share their experiences in the other surgery groups um it's a lot of blaming the patient blaming the patient's bmi saying you know you need to have realistic expectations um which i do agree realistic expectations are important but i also feel like it's up to the doctor to help make sure that the patient knows what realistic expectations look like because they're the doctor and they know, they should know what they can and can't do for your body in one round. Um, but I, my my blog page has been reported, mass reported. Um, lots of pages have come to argue. Um, the owner has made several posts about me. When I first made the page, um, she said that I was um, stalking her. She said that I was having people send messages to say that they're going to harm her, um, which wasn't true. Did you ever do that? Did you ever send messages? No. I, I, matter of fact, I blocked any page that comes that is talking crap or that I knew was her. I just blocked. Um, and I did that for the longest time. And so she she even made posts on her social media sites offering free mini lipo if you go to report my page. Um, free services to people who would come and report my page to, in an attempt to get it shut down. Um, she's called the police on me about five times now making false reports um what happened when that happens what is the outcome of that did the police show up at your house or no the police usually give me a call um because she's in a state she's in the state next to me like it's about an hour away um so they'll give me a call and let me know you know she's called 
like this last time she called she said that an instagram page wrote her saying oh alex hired us to harm you and your family and they wrote that to her um and so they were like you know it's it's a serious threat and i'm like yeah i completely understand you know do what you got to do because i know i didn't you know i wouldn't do anything crazy like that um and so they said they were going to track the ips and i kept up with the detective on it because i'm like yeah like where where are we going with this what what's going on i sent him all the screenshots that i have because i have a huge um database of screenshots of things that were posted about me said online um, in different groups um and so he basically let me know that you know he told her she can't keep calling making false reports or she could get in trouble for that and so i haven't had any issues with you know the police reaching out to me again um but she still does try to you know discredit me and my experience um she says that she reacts to people when they're disrespectful to her because she's human like she this is her reaction when people are disrespectful um but like i said i asked several times when she first started saying that please show the proof where I was disrespectful to you. Please post the screenshots where I was disrespectful um, and deserve to be called names because I wasn't. And the only thing I said to her when she was calling my calling me names that day was that's really unprofessional because it is, you know, and if you took that as disrespect, then that, you know, but it still doesn't warrant her saying the things that she does. She talks about people's kids. She talks about, She's talked about my kid because he's in a wheelchair. Um, she's posted it online. It's just it's just a lot of really unprofessional things coming from her and which I think not, could be a great lesson for anybody who's considering having surgery somewhere is to go to the person's page and just see how they talk about their patients. Are they saying right. negative things about them? Because nobody should ever say anything negative about a patient, even if they're wrong. They shouldn't say anything negative. They just shouldn't respond, in my opinion. Right. And you would think, especially being the owner of a coordinator business, you would feel like you had too much to lose to, you know, go at it with patients online. Um, but nevertheless, it still continues. Um, she still has, you know, harassed people and call them racial slurs and um you know a lot of girls end up having to block her the same way because she will get in their inbox if they did share their experience and talk just talk a bunch of crap to them so and then i found out that the doctors that she says are certified they're not you know, I learned how to look in that database, database and kind of translate as I go because it is in Spanish. Um, but I looked them up and they're not they're not board certified plastic surgeons. And I think maybe she does a little, you know, she plays with the words a little bit because she'll say they are board certified doctors instead of board certified plastic surgeons. So that's just another thing to look out for too um 
And I try to share things on my page about how to research and how to look these doctors up to make sure that they have the proper credentials to be performing these surgeries because it's evident that the ones that are there now don't. And you can tell by the results. And, you know, there's been times where you can tell there's been multiple people working on somebody just by the cuts and by the way that they suture their different techniques. And you can just tell it's, there's probably been multiple people working on that person. So, and that's a little scary too, because you don't know who's actually working on you. Absolutely. It's a huge trust position to be under anesthesia and have somebody else working on you. So you definitely want the person who you've contracted with to be the person working on you. Right. And down there, they give you, um, they call it like a twilight sedation, but it's an epidural in your back and, a, and an IV. So it's not like up here in the States. It's not completely, it's not general anesthesia. You're not knocked out. I was completely knocked out. Um, and I was completely like white when I came to so i knew i knew that i had lost a lot of blood um but i was yeah i wasn't awake and i don't think most people are awake but they don't call it general anesthesia they call it like a twilight sedation versus up here like i eventually had my tummy tuck because i didn't get the results that they said i was gonna get um and so I eventually had my tummy tuck up here in the States with a doctor that works on high BMI people. And upon further like research, did you like the results from that surgery? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and they, it was just such a complete 360 from my experience in Mexico. It was lots of follow up. Who was your physician in the United States that you used? Um, Dr. Ross Bunch. Okay. What state and is he? He's in Alabama. Okay. And did you travel to go to him? Yes, I traveled. How did you pick him? So I did a lot of research this time. I talked to patients that went to him. Um, I did a virtual consultation with him since he was far away, but I got to talk to him on video. I got to show him my body, um, talk about you know what i wanted to achieve um he let me know you know what was doable in one round and what would need to be done in another round i've actually had a couple rounds with him now i had a breast lift um and i had a tummy an extended tummy tuck with him so super happy though with those results and the follow-up in his bedside manner everything was just so refreshing <laughs> from and having that difference right yes yeah yes from having that horrible first round so um and i'm not saying that going out of the country you'll have a horrible experience but i am saying that um, you really need to do your research and make sure that you're going to somebody who's properly uh, qualified to do the surgery because the follow-up is going to be hard for you unless you can go back and forth to the Dominican Republic or back and forth to Mexico if some complications arise because they don't always 
arise in the first couple weeks. Sometimes it's later on down the road. Um, so those are just things to think about because I know a lot of girls that have been um, botched or had complications that come back and no surgeon wants to touch them here. They don't want to put their work on top of that. Um, so it's just something to think about. I know that I seen that there was like somebody who sells insurance for these type of things. I seen them post in the group the other day, but I just wonder like what the stipulations of that would be like, do they have to be a board certified plastic surgeon in order to get insurance? Um, and what doctors would work on you here if you needed them to, because a lot of girls have been turned away. I mean, you can get wound care here they'll put you on a wound vac or they'll take care of wounds. But as far as like fixing complications um, or fixing how you look, if, if things go wrong, they're not willing to. So that's great advice. It's very, very difficult to find somebody who wants to take on another um, physician's patient. And it's good to kind of have a backup plan if you do decide to travel of, okay, well, what will I do if this happens? Right. Yeah, super important. And I mean, I would just suggest doing a lot of research in the groups, um, talking to actual patients. And I know that there are times when um, these coordinators, they have um, extra pages and they pretend to be patients and they'll show you the Photoshop results. So there's just things that you have to be mindful about. Um, if you can video chat people and have them show you their body and their results, I think that's a great idea. Um, but still, it's not 100% foolproof either. Like, you, you still have to give a certain amount of trust to these people. So you want to make sure that they're people that, you know, you can trust in the first place. I think a lot of people have money to make and they're going to do what they have to do in order to make that money um and that's why i mean that's a big thing about my page as well i don't make any money off my page i don't um recommend like i always tell people like just do a lot of research i don't personally recommend i can't recommend any doctor that i haven't actually been on their table so i will recommend dr bunch because I know him and his team and I will recommend him to hire BMI dolls, but he does, he does everyone, not just hire BMI dolls, but this particular place that I went to in Mexico targets high BMI dolls because it was not a real thing here in the States. Like it just recently started to be a thing in the States to work on higher BMI dolls. Um, and you know, weight loss patients, they still sometimes have higher BMIs. They have a lot of loose skin that weighs a lot and so um a lot of doctors at one time were not taking them but now here in the states it's becoming more of a normal thing like as long as you're healthy and you have good labs and you have any health issues under control there's more doctors here in the states that are willing to work on you with a higher bmi so those ladies that are searching i definitely always recommend Dr. Bunch because he did an amazing job. When you had complications, did your insurance cover your hospital stay? Um, when I had 
complications i my my insurance did cover like my emergency room visit and my doctor's visit um thankfully but i know a lot of ladies that i've talked to um who've had to be on wound vacs and who've had infections and had to be in the hospital um, they don't they don't cover it because they had a cosmetic surgery. Um, and so they're not willing to cover it. I know like here in the states when I when I got my surgery with Dr. Bunch, he includes a like cosmetic ins uh, surgery insurance with every patient. So if you have complications um, or if anything arises, it's covered by the special insurance for cosmetic surgery. I love that. That means that he's looking ahead at, hey, you know, there could be an outcome that isn't what we're going for. So I right. really like that he does that. That's awesome. Right. And you know, like I, I know that complications can happen to people um, regardless of how good the doctor is or how good he's not. It just depends on people's bodies and how they heal and how their post-op care is. Um, but I think that the biggest issue with this place is they don't allow anybody to share any of those complications, any of those experiences. If it's not, com if it's not completely positive and um, singing their praises, they don't allow it to be discussed in these groups. And going these are forward, going the forward during cosmetic surgery with somebody and you were in their group. If you didn't see anything at all negative, would you consider that a red flag? I would definitely I agree. because Everybody. you know it, it doesn't matter how good of a doctor you are complications do happen they do and it doesn't mean they're the doctor's fault but you know wounds open there's there's different things that just happen to people and they should be able to talk about them so that it's not so scary when somebody is going through it and they're looking in the group and they see nothing about it they you know it's just it doesn't seem like a good business practice to even not allow that to be discussed to me it seems like you know it's very wanting to hide things that you know if it wasn't so common if these weren't so common and happening happening every other day i don't see what the problem is about sharing them and if they are that common then something else is going on at the doctors like there's things aren't sterile things aren't you know um being properly cleaned before a patient is operated on um or the doctor just doesn't quite know what they're doing so that's been my experience just talking with the different girls um and hearing their stories and sharing their stories because i do share them and allow them to remain anonymous so that they don't get harassed. Sometimes they still get harassed because these people know exactly who this is going through this. They know, they know what patients went down there and had this or that done. Um, and a lot of times the patient will try to reach out to them first to see like, what do I do? And so, you know, they're blocked and then they come to my page and they share their story and we, I just do what I can do to get the word out there and try to save anybody the trouble because it's, 
it's it's really hard to get a surgery and be just completely disappointed and still have to heal through that knowing that this is not what i wanted but you still have to heal you still have to feel the pain you still have to go through it um and then to add being bullied online to that is it's just it's not a good mixture and it can really mess with people's mental health i've seen it it does it um and so i just do what i can to save people from even having to go through it and if they don't want to listen you know at least i know i did what i could to share my experience and share other people's experience because there are still people who don't want to listen that they offer really good cheap prices for cosmetic procedures that you'd never get in the states so some people want to roll the dice they want to see if they're that one person that doesn't have any problems, doesn't have any issues and get the results that they wanted. So the very part about that is if you're looking for cheap surgery, then chances are you don't have money for a revision. Right. And if you don't have money to revise it and you get a botched surgery, you're stuck like that and nobody is gonna take care of you. Nobody's gonna help you out. So looking for cheap surgery is not always, it's never, actually it's never a good option right yeah if it's the the price tag that's motivating you i i i just can't stress enough how much it could cost you in the long run absolutely it ends up being more expensive in the long run when you have to my insurance when i had a complication did not pay for my hospital visit which was thirty thousand dollars so it ends up costing so much more in the long run. It's better just to save and do it the right way. Make sure you have money for the right aftercare. Make sure you have a plan in place if something goes wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And especially going out of the country, like I said, I'm not saying that there's bad doctors out of the country, but I'm, I am saying that we live far enough away that you really have to plan for anything because it can happen it can happen to anyone you can be super healthy you can still get a complication and the reason why surgery is less expensive in other countries is because they don't have the same requirements that we have here for their physicians for licensing for sanitation all that all their requirements are a lot more lax so that's why it is cheaper in other places and you know, like you, I'm not saying that you can't have a great outcome going out of the country. It's just very, very important to do your research. And a lot of a lot of research can be done just by Googling the doctor's name and the facility. Um, as soon as I Googled the facility that Alex has been talking about, immediately her blog popped up. So it's not always like that. Um, sometimes you got to really search. A lot of places they'll use SEO techniques and they'll kind of bury any kind of bad review or anything like that. So you do have to really, really dig. But at this time for this particular facility, all you have to do is Google it and you will see her, her page pop up. Yeah, I definitely encourage people just do your research, please. Did you have anything else that you wanted to share with people before we go? I don't think so. Just just encouraging people to do their research and, you know, not believing everything that you see. 
thank you so much for being here because of what you're doing. There's about 10 other people right now who I'm talking to about this same facility and um, hopefully they'll be able to come on the show as a guest and get to tell their story also. If you're curious about what the facility is, there'll be a link to uh, Alex's blog page in there and you can go on there and you can see all of her documentation, her screenshots and all that. Yes, that'll be awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Kelly.